Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're into influencer marketing. Do you hire influencers? Do you cast them in your partnerships? Are you an influencer yourself? You've got to check out Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short. We are a first-of-its-kind networking organization dedicated to those in the industry. Aside from our incredible membership with a ton of amazing benefits and resources, we also have a really fun podcast. So check out over two years' worth of content with interviews from the most incredible women in the industry who are change makers, powerhouse women who are shaping the industry as we know it. Tune in every Tuesday, wherever you download podcasts, just search WIM Radio, that's W-I-I-M, or head to our website at IamWIM.com slash podcast. That's IamWIM.com, women in influencer marketing. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. One year into the COVID-19 crises, women are more financially stressed than ever. Studies have shown that women typically suffer from more money stress than men, but the coronavirus pandemic has put even more of a strain on women. In fact, a recent survey by Fidelity Investments revealed 79% of women are feeling weighed down by money and stress, which is up from 67% last fall. To talk about practical ways to take control of your finances, manage your money anxiety, and make smart money moves during these trying and stressful times, I'm thrilled to be joined by Tonya Rapley, aka the millennial money expert and founder of MyFab Finance on this episode's of Work Party. Tonya has completely changed the game, turning the once stuffy financial industry into a fun, familiar, and dare I say, cool space. She's been named the new face of wealth building by Black Enterprise Magazine, lauded as a modern history maker, and honored on Create and Cultivate's 100 list. Needless to say, I'm so excited to talk with her about all things finance. So let's welcome Tonya to the work party. Welcome to the show, Tonya. So excited to have you. 
Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. You started MyFab Finance over eight years ago. So what was the catalyst for starting this business? And have you always had a passion for money? It's crazy that it was eight years ago. Time really does fly. Um, no, I have not always had a passion for money. I mean, like having it and making it, I've always had a passion for that. But as far as being a financial educator and someone who made a living talking to people about their finances, absolutely not. My ideal job when I was in undergrad was I wanted to be a foreign services officer. So we are a long way from Kansas as far as what I'm doing now. But I love the work that I do. And I started doing the work because I ended up using that degree to create public outreach events and community events for low-income individuals in Brooklyn, New York, and then started doing housing programming throughout the city of New York. And just realizing vulnerable populations weren't having or weren't receiving communication in terms or compassion in ways they understood it. A lot of the resources that were set up for the communities we were serving were overtapped because it was like the one case manager to a thousand people. And I was like, there has to be a different way to communicate education for people who want to receive it differently. And at that time, I was also on my financial journey. So um, when I initially started my blog and everything started with the blog, my goal, honestly, Jacqueline, and it's kind of embarrassing to say this, but I just want to get free clothes from Macy's. Like that's how low hanging my fruit was. And to this day, I still have not gotten free clothes from Macy's, (laughs) but it did give birth to what I've now been doing full-time since 2015. So it's always been the desire to help people and also help myself um, and by learning uh, in the process. I mean, I'm sure we can make this happen with Macy's. Like, where are you at, Macy's? But I love that. I mean, sometimes you're starting something and you have no idea what it's going to spiral into and it, and it changes and evolves over time. You've known as the millennial money expert. And, you know, you, one of your main goals, like you said, is helping millennials break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck. And obviously financial content has like exploded in the last year, I would say. So how does financial advice for millennials differ from other generations? Like what should millennials be doing differently and why? So we actually, and just recently um, during a a strategy um, session this year, we changed our mission. So we are still focused on helping people break the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck. But um, right now we're really focused on helping 100,000 people make better financial decisions so they can achieve at least one of their financial goals. Um, Because I really dug into like micro goals and helping people understand like your larger financial success happens in the small things that you do today. So we're really focused on that. But financial content definitely has blown up. There's a lot more people uh, on the this space than when I initially got started, which is great because we need so many people to help do this work. But I think that what's different about millennials is we have access to different resources that our parents didn't. Like for our parents in that generation, you know, entrepreneurship was an option, but largely it was like college. College was your ticket out, your ticket to the next income level, your ticket to status and so forth. Then that we realized in our generation, actually, that's not necessarily our ticket. It is a tool and maybe a step, but it's not just because I go to college doesn't mean that I'm going to break the cycle of generational poverty. It doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, out earn my parents or my grandparents who actually might have out earned me because they had pensions and everything else. It's an understanding that we have other tools available to us. You can create digital platforms. You can create a brand out of yourself. Influencers. I was just looking at something where they said that um, U.S. children are aspiring to become YouTubers or vloggers bloggers, which to an extent people are like, well, what about doctors and lawyers and everything? It's like, 
yeah, but YouTubers and vloggers are awesome. It allows kids to exercise their creativity, which I think a large part of the issues that people have in society is that we've been robbed of our ability to be creative or shamed for our desire to be creative. So um, going back to that, we have different tools available to us, but I think the traditional paths no longer apply to us the way that they apply to previous generations. It was like, go get a home and then you can build wealth through your home. Wherein that's not necessarily the case for everyone. Real estate is still a good wealth generation tool, but it's just not the only tool available when you can rent your cars on Toro or you can, you know, create an app or create a company or create a financial services company. It's like, there's just so many different options. So I think that's one of the differences. I want to harp on like the positives. Yeah, no, I, I think that's so fascinating because I do agree. I mean, I think I was definitely of the generation that was like, go to college, buy the house. Like that was the goal, right? Get a good job, get a good paycheck, you know, in, in a corporate world. Obviously I didn't take that path, but I didn't grow up being like, I want to be an influencer because that did not exist. So I think it's interesting because I think we're on this sort of inflection point of what the new financial journey is. And I don't know if we like know that exactly, but like, it'll be interesting to see the ramifications and the positive effects of it over the next couple of years. So obviously you're a financial educator, you're speaking at a million events, you're mentoring, you're doing all these things. What is the most frequent question you're getting asked lately from the people that you're talking to? It's the same. How do I get rid of these student loans? Hands mm. down. Everybody is just like student loan plagued. <laughs> I don't even say obsessed, student loan. So many people have student loans. So I would say that that's the most popular question. And if people don't have student loans, their question is what's the best thing for me to be doing with my money? So those are the two questions. I mean, with the student loans, I always say, I wish I had a magic wand to help solve those. And with student loans, you really have to determine whether or not aggressively playing off your student, student loans works for your strategy as a whole. For me, it wasn't that aggressively pay off my student loans and put everything off until then. It was aggressively invest and grow my business so I have enough resources to do the things I want and the things I need to do. Um, but for some people, that's not what they want to do. They want to aggressively eliminate that debt. So I think it's really important to think about when it comes to student loans, why um, you want to aggressively eliminate them. If you do, doesn't make sense for what your goals are. Is the money best suited elsewhere? Can it grow better elsewhere? And then take take the returns from what you generated with your money and pay off your student loans then. Or when it comes down to the financial plan that's best for you, a lot of people are like, what should I be doing with my money? I don't have student loans. It's like, what's most important to you? Is it important to you to retire early and travel the world? Is it important for you to continue to work and build passive income and then retire? Like, what's most important to you? Because that's what your financial goals should be based on. And I think a lot of people want to do things the right way because they're afraid of doing things the wrong way. But right looks so different for so many people. This episode is brought to you by Public Goods, the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price point. Everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo to pet food. Public Goods is your new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Knowing what's in your products and where they came from is so important. Small changes in the way we shop can have a big impact on personal health and the world at large. Public Goods members can buy all of the essentials all in one place. Plus, they ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives. The CBD and essential oils have been game-changing for my daily routine. 
the reusable food storage wraps and mesh grocery bags have become a household essential. And trust me, Winnie is living her best life every time I give her a bath with the oatmeal and aloe dog shampoo. The best part? We worked out an awesome deal just for work party listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. Plus, right now, receive your choice of either a free pack of bamboo straws or my favorite reusable food storage wraps with your order. You literally have nothing to lose. So just go to publicgoods.com slash party or use code party at checkout. That is publicgoods.com, P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash party to receive $15 off your first order. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really about assessing the entire situation and not just going straight to, as to your point, pay it all off aggressively as possible. That might not be the best way to approach it and then like leave yourself dry, but then, you know, being able to invest in your company and giving yourself those like, you know, motivational tools and financials to create more wealth make can make a lot more sense. So what's a money mistake that is super common that people make? Spreading their finances too thin. And when I say that, it's, you know, I meet someone and they're like, okay, well, I have this debt and I'm trying to become debt free. And so they're paying as much as they can on this card. They're paying as much as they can on this card. They're paying as much as they can on that card. And they don't have a true debt payment strategy. So they're not saying, okay, I'm going to pay off, use most of my resources to pay this credit card off and eliminate it and move to the next one. Or they're just like, okay, I'm trying to pay off debt. I'm trying to, you know, throw a little bit to savings. I'm trying to put a little bit in my 401k and they're not really directed. They're not directing their financial energy to one goal and then moving on to the next. They're trying to accomplish a lot of goals at one time. And so that's one of the biggest mistakes. And I would say like, focus on one thing, unless it's something that's going to put you in jail or um, impact your quality of life or demand your immediate attention. It's okay to focus on one thing and then move on to the next. Like when I started my fat finance, I focused on building my credit. That was the first thing because I had terrible credit at that point in my life. I wanted to get my own apartment in New York City. So I focused on my credit. But once we got our credit together, it's like, okay, now let's move to the next thing. Now let's pay off one of our student loans. Now let's actually start investing because you haven't been doing that. But you could start doing one thing and then do the next. And you don't have to do it all at the same time. And that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, those micro goals is so important. And I think it can feel so overwhelming when people start to look at all the different financial items. I know it can be for me as well. And I grew up, my mom's an accountant. So I was very lucky in that I grew up around someone who was in the money world and able to teach you out of it. I mean, in my twenties, I was so overwhelmed by every single thing when it came to, came to finances, but now having a better grasp on it, what, 15 years later, but one year into the COVID-19 crises, women are now more financially stressed than ever. A recent survey revealed 79% of women are feeling weighed down by money and stress, which is mm -hmm. up from 67% last year. So how can we make smart money moves and manage our financial anxiety during this uncertain time period? First, we have the question where that anxiety comes from. And I say that because I remember when the pandemic first started, I was overcome with anxiety. I was like, oh my gosh, what if brand partnership budgets just like evaporate? What if people can't afford to pay for my services? There's no more speaking engagements. Oh my God, what's going to happen to like, we're buying a house. What in the hell? And so I, and then I just realized, I was like, you know what? 
But at the end of the day, there were people who became millionaires during the Great Recession. There were people who did really well during the last economic downturn. And you can too. Um, for me, it was a mindset shift. And I had to start questioning myself, like, whose anxiety is this? Because this isn't, isn't your truth. And we ended up having our most profitable year ever last year. So I say that to say that a lot of times we have to ask where that anxiety comes from. And if it's our own or is external or environmentally induced anxiety when it comes to our finances. A lot of times it's helpful to just go sit and look at the numbers. Numbers. Like sit down and look at your bank account, look at your expenses. Like, oh, wow, I actually do have money in my savings and I can pay my rent, which is the thing that I'm most concerned about. Like if something happens and I'm going to be homeless, but I'm not going to be homeless if things go awry with my finances. Oh, it's actually okay. Like really face the numbers if you're feeling that. Because I remember when going back to when I felt that I went and looked at my QuickBooks and I went and looked at my savings accounts and I went, I was like, but you're okay. We can weather this. Like you're actually good, even if things don't go the way you intended to. And so a lot of it is external stress, but if you are dealing with things such as a loss of income or so forth, then really lean on your support network, be honest and transparent and ask for what you need. I think this is the time to really ask for what you need, whether it is you need an introduction for a new job, if you're looking for a new job, do some things you might not have ever done before. If it comes down to it, if you need food stamps or if you need that type of support in your life, ask for what you need and don't be ashamed to do it because everyone has seasons when they need support and help. And this is a pandemic. Like <laughs> this people. Is, yeah. This is the, if there was a season, this is the season, right? If there um, was a season, no one is going to judge you for what you're going through, especially in this season, because it's a collective experience. Today's episode is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based results-driven skincare line. It's brand partners like Osea Malibu that help keep our show up and running. So I'm happy to partner with female-founded, family-operated companies to share their new Andaria Algae Body Oil. To create this one-of-a-kind oil, they soak hand-harvested Andaria Algae in barrels of oil for up to six months to give you baby soft, silky smooth skin from head to toe. If you're looking for that post-shower perfect product, trust me when I tell you, this is it. I started using it right out of the shower and it helped me say goodbye to my dry winter skin. The Andaria Algae Body Oil quickly absorbs, leaving me glowy, not greasy, and smells incredible. Plus, the bottles make a beautiful new addition to my bathroom. Work party listeners, it's important for us to prioritize our self-care. Something as simple as adding a new product to your regimen can feel like a game changer to your already existing routine. To add one of Osea's skin nourishing products to your rotation, head to oseamalibu.com slash party and get $10 off your order of $90 when you enter party at checkout. That's oseamalibu, O-S-E-A, malibu.com slash party and code party for $10 off at checkout. Now let's get back to the interview. And there is a lot of like shame around. I remember a lot of my friends who got the small business loans, like were kind of like nervous or embarrassed about it or the PPP loans or whatever it might be. But it was like, you know, honestly, those are things that saved people, saved from it. I know the PPP loan for our business was huge. It was huge, huge, huge. It like helped us so much, especially during those first few months, when, like to your point where you're like, our brand sponsorship is going to dry up. Are people going to want this content? So obviously you were able to turn that around and have an incredible year. So congratulations. You know, you've built this impressive business that is extremely successful, you know, weathered the pandemic storm, but obviously every business has its challenges. So what's mm -hmm. the biggest challenge you face as an entrepreneur? so far and what did you learn from it? Oh man, related to the pandemic or just in general? I guess in general is fine. 
I think the biggest challenge is there's been two challenges. One, I'm a Gemini and so I get shiny object syndrome. So it is like focus and focusing on what my objectives are and just remaining clear on what my objectives are and the strategies to achieve them and not getting enticed by other opportunities and so forth or other coaches or just things like, oh, I should be doing this. Oh, I was in the clubhouse room and they said they did this. So maybe I should consider doing this, even though I said I wasn't going to do anything else. That's one of my challenges. Then the next one, I would say, Initially, it was network and like those knowledge gaps because I, my parents are both career military. I didn't grow up with entrepreneurs in my life. I became an entrepreneur, not accidentally, because like once I realized I could make more money doing this than my job, it was very intentional. But in the same sense, like I don't come from a background of having a lot of entrepreneurial support. So for me, it was how do I find that support? How do I start to build those relationships with people outside of my my core group so that I can get to where I need to be and so that I can be of value to them and value to others? Uh, So that was a challenge for me. And I mean, I'm really big on setting intentions and I really had to be intentional about being introduced to the right people and nurturing the right relationships that also would help me grow mentally. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a huge piece of it. So where do you think it's important right now for small business owners, entrepreneurs to focus their financial energy? I can say what I'm focused on and it's like, how do I get the most return on investment of my dollars spent? I think that as an entrepreneur, that's always important because there's always going to be something to spend money on. There's always, people are always creating solutions and things for you to spend your money on, but it is understanding how does that relate to a return on investment in my business and how do I ensure that I am um, benefiting, whether emotionally, spiritually, financially, or professionally from this investment that I'm making. So I would say that's one of the biggest things, especially when there's so much noise out there. How do you truly quantify a return on your investment and look for opportunities that help you do that? One of the things that I've been working on is just like more passive income, more things that work for me that don't require my time to make money. Because if you rely on your time to make money, that's very challenging to scale. So like the first time we licensed a course, I was like, wait, I could pay every month for something I created four years ago. Like what? how do I do this more? Um, and then with the book, with my money manual that I released two years ago, we just had a, a bulk order come in. We just had a school order some and so forth. So it's those things that you spend your time, like one time creating and they continue to pay you. And I think it's important for, especially small business owners to figure out how can you do that? Yes. Yes. Passive income all day long. And I love that you're talking about investing. So investing is a huge topic at Create and Cultivate. People are always asking, you know, how do I get into investing? Whether it's angel investing, whether it's in the market investing, what are your tips to someone who maybe has some extra cash, has no idea where to start when it comes to investing? Like what would your recommendation to them be? Start small, like learn, use that money to learn. Like don't put all of it in one place at one time. Definitely don't go out and buy like what is trending such as GameStop or anything like that, because once they're trending, you're going to lose if you start like trying to play that game. It, that ship has already been in play. But I would say like start, start small and get, gather your confidence and so forth. Or don't be afraid to hire someone else to do it. There are financial advisors that um, basically, you know, you can hire them. You don't have to pay an upfront cost and they get a percentage of your portfolio performance and so forth. So if you don't feel comfortable doing it on your own, hire someone. If you don't have the space to learn, hire someone, because that doesn't mean you can't come back and do it on your own down the line or learn from them and ask them questions and so forth. Especially if you have like a thousand dollars. I know a lot of people are like, you know, do it yourself and everything, but 
When I got started, I was like, no, no, I'm not doing this on my own. And my financial advisor is amazing. He's grown with me over the years. I started with a thousand dollar contribution. And now my portfolio is it's, it's decent. It's a decent sized portfolio. So you have two options. Start small, learn with the apps um, that are available. One app I'm loving, which I actually have my son's custodial account on right now, is Stockpile. But there are so many others out there or work with a financial advisor. Hey guys, time for a quick ad break. Our advertisers help keep the work party going, so we super appreciate all of your support. Masoma, a female-founded, versatile jewelry brand built for layering, has become my go-to brand. Masoma's mission is to inspire confidence, spark creativity, and fuel collaboration. All ethos we can get behind here at Work Party. Masoma knows that every piece of jewelry a woman wears tells a part of her story. Her successes, her celebrations, her failures. The earring she bought with her first paycheck, the surprise pick me a present from her best friend after a bad breakup, the matching bracelets they got on that wild holiday, refusing to take them off for months. As we grow, so too does our armor. From past loves to career milestones, morning to night, we wear our treasured moments knowing they have shaped the person we have become. They are on a mission to build a more confident, creative, and collaborative world, starting a chain reaction one link at a time. And the best part, Work Party listeners are getting 15% off their Misoma order when they enter Work Party 15 at checkout. That's misoma.com, M-I-S-S-O-M-A.com, and Work Party 15 at checkout. Exclusions include fine and travel cases. So... You have so many other businesses beyond my fab finance. You <laughs> Talk also, of a Gemini. I know. I was like, here's all these like amazing, shiny, but actually really valuable objects that you have under your belt. So you have the Blue Ribbon Club, you have Maternal, you have Lufa Club. Tell us about all these different businesses that you've, you've sort of dipped your toe into and why. Yeah. So the Blue Ribbon Club actually is my fab finances membership club. So that's an arm under my fab finance. So it's part of our like end of funnel, like that's end of the journey. Once people interact with our brand, the last step we want them to take is join our membership club. So that's Blue Ribbon Club, which we're actually phasing out because after two years, I'm just tweaking it. And now it's going to be the fab finance boot camp, And we're doing a 90 day program nice. um, with that. So we have that. And then maternal came from when I was pregnant with my son, I was able to have a very amazing pregnancy. Um, as a black woman, I was nervous about what it meant to deliver in this country. I knew about the maternal mortality statistics. I had been working on them since 2011 when I was at the YWCA. So I was well aware. I was able to hire a midwife. I took Bradley birthing classes. So I had like 12 weeks of birthing instruction and my instructor was a doula. So she was also there like tech support. And then I had an awesome OBGYN and I was able to advocate for the type of birth I wanted and had the exact birth that I wanted a hospital, unmedicated interventionless birth. Cause I wasn't doing that at home. I am not a home birth woman, but, <laughs> but um, I realized how many other people don't have access to those resources or support because of finances. And so I didn't want that to be the reason women didn't experience pregnancy, labor or motherhood on their terms. So I created the maternal health and education fund to provide those resources and grants to women who need them. So that's relatively low touch. One of my writers manages it and we're in the process of rolling out a grant for mother entrepreneurs. So Amazing. that's really great. And then Club Lupa was a company that my husband and I purchased in 2018 because I realized I wanted an e-commerce brand under my umbrella. It's an automated business. We bought it. It's a subscription-based business. They already had subscribers. We just needed to scale it and refine a few things in the supply chain and tweak the image of the company. Um, so, so far the company has been growing really well, but I do have to put different hats on. Like I'll say this week or these, this month, I'm focusing on my financial related objectives. 
Next month, I'm focusing on Club Blue for related objectives. So I do have to create that space or I segment my days. This morning, I'm working on this. This afternoon, I'm working on this. So it's like those seasons in my business. At all times, my fat finance doesn't require my full attention, but at all times, Club Lufa doesn't require my full attention. It's kind of like just like having children almost. <laughs> they are. They're all your children. And I'm sure you have your favorites, but I won't ask. Okay, so going <laughs> after Urban Life takes confidence. I mean, you are out here acquiring businesses, running, you know, passive income led businesses, investing. Does confidence come naturally to you? Have you always been this way or was this something that you sort of cultivated over time? Oh my gosh, cultivation and still cultivating. I was insecure about a few things and I became a financial educator because I didn't go to like an Ivy League school. I didn't study finance or anything like that. So I was insecure, like who's going to listen to me? And I realized that who I was is exactly who I needed to be for my audience. That gave me confidence and gives me confidence with my fat finance because I don't have to show up and be something that I'm not, you know, knowing that like, I'm able to say, okay, just be the best you be the best, the most transparent you. And that's like, for me, that's easy to do. But even still as a businesswoman, like I deal with imposter syndrome, like, okay, I bought this company, but can you actually have conversations about like valuation and financial projections with the big dogs? Can you go in there and own this? You know, and that it comes in, I don't necessarily believe in being something that I'm not. And if I don't understand it, or I'm going to find help that, but confidence is still something I work on regularly. It's something I work through with my therapist. I've had, you know, coaches that I've worked with as well, but my therapy sessions, like we, we have something that we've developed called a negative thought journal where we assess my negative thoughts and so forth. And like the different patterns that they're falling into to help me become more aware of the thought patterns. And that's been really helpful, but confidence isn't something that is just like, nah, I wake up and I'm like, I'm that chick. Sometimes, 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 but then sometimes I wake up, I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Tanya, what are you doing? So I think something that even I navigate. Everyone does, but I have to say you've been named the new face of wealth building by Black Enterprise Magazine, lauded as a modern history maker by TV One, and we're in the Create and Cultivate 100 list. So it must feel good to be recognized for your work. Like you're doing something right. Yeah, no, I, I'm really thankful. And I would say that I really just credit that to showing up as I am, just being like, this is how I talk about money. If you want someone who's going to talk about money like this, then there's a great platform for you over there. This is how we talk about it. And it's okay if how I talk about it doesn't resonate with you. And my best friend, she always says like, when you own your truth, no one can use it against you. So that's mm-hmm. one of my main tenets is just like owning and operating in my truth. Absolutely. And it feels great to be recognized for that. So yes. Before we continue this conversation, I want to give a shout out to one of today's sponsors, Function of Beauty. It's our sponsors that help keep the work party going, so I appreciate your support. Friends don't let friends live with anything less than amazing hair. So of course, I've got the 411 for you on Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is the world leader in customizable beauty, offering precise formulations for your specific hair needs. The process was super simple. I took a quick and thorough quiz to tell them all about my hair type and map out my hair goals. Then the Function of Beauty team determined the perfect blend of ingredients, allowed me to choose my own color and fragrance, which of course was pink, and then delivered my custom bottles straight to my door. Do you deserve anything less than that? I definitely do not think so. So if you don't love your hair, then it's time to break up with your current hair care routine and try Function of Beauty. My days of frizzy and damaged hair are long gone and I've become accustomed to this new silky soft hair. Guys, truly, I've never gotten so many compliments. It's a complete game changer for my hair. Never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. 
Go to functionandbeauty.com slash party to take your quiz and save 20% off on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. You know I wouldn't promote anything I didn't love. So make sure to go check out functionofbeauty.com slash party to let them know we send you here and snag that 20% off your order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash party. And now let's get back to the episode. I love that. And, and I love what you said earlier. Like you don't have to be the CEO, the powerhouse marketer, the best boss, the best leader, the person who understands valuations, who can who can handle at the cap table. Like find what you're good at and then hire against the rest and like keep moving forward. I think that's such great advice. Like don't be hard on yourself if you're not a hundred at every single thing you're not supposed to be. So I think that's really great. Great advice. So, okay. Now you're, you're crushing it at your career journey, but looking back day one, launching my fab finance, what advice would you give yourself? Mm. (laughs) Capture their email, sis. (laughs) I say that I say that because when I started my fat finance, I didn't have a way to capture emails. And one year after that, I was on the cover of Black Enterprise, and I still didn't have a way to capture emails. So all of that traffic, all of that, all of the awareness that was coming towards my brand and everything, and I was not capturing emails at that time. So it is just like, girl, put the systems in place know what systems you need and just go ahead and set them up. It took me a while to value systems in my fat finance to the point where it's like, okay, if this isn't your strength, whose strength is it? And let's bring someone in who excels at that. Absolutely. Capture the emails, girl. I'm full dead. That's definitely going to be the quote graphic for this episode because it's so good. It's so true. I love it. Amazing. So tell us what's next. What's next for Club Lufa, my fat finance. It sounds like you're rolling out a boot camp, which is amazing. What are some of the new things on your plate? Yeah, with MyFab Finance, we're definitely moving in the direction of value-centered financial goals. And so um, the work that we'll be doing in the boot camp is helping people become clear on their core values, setting goals in alignment with those core values, and then helping people achieve those initial goals, the initial goals that set them on their way for their larger goals. So we're really big on that. Our new mission is to help 100,000 people make better financial decisions so they can achieve their financial goals. And then um, for Club Lufa, we're in the middle of a rebrand. And so we're rebranding to a premium market. We'll be um, rolling out a body wash and a few new bath tools and phasing out a few products that weren't as eco-friendly as I would like. Um, So we're making some tweaks in that direction. And then with the maternal health and education project, we're gearing up to start offering free classes and so forth on our platform and award our grants to mothers who are business owners to help them legitimize their business when it comes down to, you know, incorporating copywriting, trademarks and so so forth like that. Because Sometimes you just don't have the finances to do it, but it needs to get done. Absolutely. Oh, so much good stuff coming up. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, since I have the financial expert in my presence, what are your top three money tips? My top three money tips are make sure that you're saving. You know, you always want to make sure that you're saving so that you can be your own emergency fund. And remember, emergency fund isn't for emergency fund. The second tip is, don't overcomplicate your finances. Do not overcomplicate it. So many people overcomplicate things to the point where they get paralyzed and they don't. Start with what's simple and try to keep things simple as long as possible because mm. it doesn't have to be overly complicated. And the third one is if you don't know how to do it, find someone who does. Amazing. Okay, we're going to wrap with some sentence finishers. Are you ready? I love these. Yes. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, the number one money book or podcast I always recommend is... <laughs> the money manual, my book. <laughs> Done. Get that passive income, girl. We'll link it. We'll link it in here. Don't worry. The three traits that got me to where I am today are integrity, 
compassion and drive. The most rewarding part of being a small business owner is the ability to do what I want when I want. And to be successful, you need to be flexible. Absolutely. So tell us where everyone can follow my fat finance, maternal, Lufa, all the things. Yeah. So all the things are connected to my personal brand, which is Tanya.Rapping. That's Tanya with an O. Um, they're in my bio. But if you're interested specifically in MyFab Finance, then that's at MyFab Finance. Club Lufa is at Club Lufa. Maternal is at Maternal, spelled M-U-H-R-T-N-L. It's in my Tanya.Rapping bio. <laughs> We'll link it for sure. Don't worry about that. Well, thank you so much for your incredible advice. You are so amazing. Um, and this was such a great episode. Thank you. I love Create Cultivate. So thank you Yay! so much for having me on here. For more inspiring conversations like this one, subscribe to Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.